Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Okay, folks, I finally get to announce that we have our ebook out that goes along with Homeopathy Beyond Acute Care, a guide for understanding dis-ease. So we've had this book out now for about a year. It's our second Homeopathy for Mommies book. This one's a bit more advanced with over 200 remedies. And now the ebook is out. Like I said, it's been a long time coming. We're really, really excited. So go ahead and check us out at homeopathyformommies.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. I'm Sue Mayer. Today we're talking about another famous homeopathic doctor. <laughs> I know we've we've uh, see we've done James Tyler Kent, we've done Von Gravogel, um, we've also done James Compton Burnett, John H. Clark. I like to do doctors, <laughs> but these are all older doctors. All of their works you can find on Google um, or you know eBay or Amazon Books or wherever it is you search for old books. And they're all still prevalent today. Uh, it's not like homeopathy goes out of style, right? And the nice thing about talking about all these older doctors is that homeopathy today has just been built upon this early work. So yes, there's, you know, the doctors today continue to perfect the system of homeopathy, making it easier to find homeopathic remedies for different ailments and so on and so forth. But it's still important to understand the basics because homeopathy doesn't change. It's just that they're finding easier ways of using it, okay? But like I said, it's I love to study the old masters simply because, like I said, homeopathy does not change. And it's interesting to read and see how homeopathy has come about. So with that, we couldn't really not talk about Constantine Herring. <laughs> Constantine Herring was born on January 1st, 1800. Okay. It's kind of a long time ago <laughs> in Auschwitz, Germany. And he is known as the father of homeopathy in America. Oddly enough, he was born in Germany. He emigrated to America and we owe him so much today. He studied the writings of Hahnemann in order to disprove the legitis- legitimacy of homeopathy. Oddly enough, when he was in Germany and st- studying at Leip. Leipzig University, the medical doctor to whom he was studying under, asked him to do a research paper on homeopathy. He said he wanted to disprove its legitimacy because the doctor he was working for actually had been asked to write the paper and he he pushed the work over to his student, Constantine Herring. So Herring was happy to accept the task and began to study the writings and teachings of Samuel Hahnemann who we all know is the father of homeopathy. And uh, while he's reading all of Hahnemann's organons and going through all the process and the things that Hahnemann had written, he decided that he, okay, he's reading these things. He said, but in order to be able to thoroughly disprove this system, he says he felt he needed to do his own research. So he copied the research of Hahnemann in order to understand it more thoroughly. 
So he conducted his own experiments and he also repeated provings, the same types of provings that Hahnemann had done. So to the course of all this, he ended up getting a severe wound that got, became very infected. And as you know, and I know, in 1800, you know, the early 1800s, they did not have antibiotics. So today, if we had an inflamed, infected, severe wound, what would we do? Doctor would give you a shot of antibiotics or put you on antibiotics, and the wound would get better simply because antibiotics go and they kill unwanted bacteria, right? We all know that. Of course, in homeopathy, we use remedies. <laughs> anyway, so um, Herring, he actually was treated by a homeopath for this infected wound, and guess what happened? He got better. <laughs> so with all of the things that he was doing, the conducting his own experiments, repeated the provings that he was repeating that Hahnemann had already done. And then after this wound treatment he and that he got better from, he realized that homeopathy was extremely effective. So with that, he decided to quit his job and leave the university. And then he goes on to begin studying homeopathy in depth. I, you know, when I was putting all this together, I had to say that this story reminded me so much of Ananda Moore's story, the producer and the author and producer of the documentary film, Magic Pills. Have any of you seen that movie? If you haven't, do look it up. You can Google it. Um, I know we just had the Homeo Summit, and so many, many people were able to watch Magic Pills through that program. For the first, many for the first time, some got to watch it again, but what happened there is Ananda Moore tells the story that she too had set out to disprove homeopathy in her college for her college thesis and like Herring she was influ she ended up converting she became a very good homeopath today and now she has influenced many many people toward the use and efficacy of homeopathy so you know see how god works i just love the way that you know everybody has a story but when you hear stories like this where people actually set out to disprove homeopathy and they end up being the best teachers and the, you know, the greatest converts, <laughs> I just, I just, I love to hear those kind of stories. Okay. So anyway, that is Constantine Herring's story. And he went on to write many, many great works. Two of them, two that he's most famous for is um, research works. The one that I really wanted to share with you the most the one that I'm most familiar with, of course, um, is Herring's Law of Cure. And the thing is, is um, you guys might be here, you hear about this all the time. I, I know I have a lot of people ask me about it. And so what that is, is he actually observed that the body, you know, because, I mean, this has been handed down again from Hahnemann and, and other doctors, but he specifically was able to put it into context. And so he, he noticed that the body seeks to externalize disease. So in other words, pushing the disease to the outside of the body from within, like externally to the skin. He also noted that the symptoms will surface as a part of the curative process. So once a person gets a, home, a good homeopathic remedy that's the simulanum of what is going on within them, they will heal from internally, in other words, from within, outward. So they heal in the organs, heal first, and then it will actually push the disease state externally. So we call that, that the body, we say that the body will heal from within outward. But he also noted that a person's symptoms appear and disappear in the reverse order of their appearance upon the body. So a patient might re-experience symptoms during the healing process. So we call, say that a person will also heal from most recent to the oldest. 
or in reverse order of their coming. And his final observation was that the body heals from the top to the bottom and from more vital organs to less vital organs. So from above to below. So like the head will heal before the feet, for instance, because that's more important, right? So in other words, from the most important to the least important. And I tell people, you know, because a lot of people, we've seen a rash of infertility these days. And it's like, why? What is going on, right? Well, even as farmers, we know that um, if a... (laughs) I know everybody loves my farm references, but we all know that if if you have a heifer out in the pasture and she fails to calve and you've had her for two or three years, you just realize that the reproductive organs are down and she's not accepting a bull. So what happens? Why? What's going on with her? You know, it could be something that happened at birth. It could be something she accidentally was exposed to or whatever. But when the reproductive organs shut down, we know that there's something else going on. And so today we have this rash of even women with reproductive issues. It's like, what is going on? Well, that's the first thing that's going to shut down on a person, on a human, because it's the least important for survival, right? So it's, you know, it's just something to take note of that um, when a person heals, the, the most important organs are going to heal first, all the way to the least important. Again, and from above to below. We call these the guiding principles or the laws of cure, And they are used in helping homeopaths to understand where their patient's health is improving or deteriorating. So we owe that, that work that, (laughs) that Constantine Herring has given us. And it, like I said, that's probably what he's the most famous for is his law of cure. And it's, it's not even just homeopaths that use this. Even before I knew about homeopathy, there was some friends in our homeschool group that he, he actually told me about the law of cure. And he didn't do homeopathy at all. It was just from his naturopath that he, you know, was using this information. So it's across the board. It's very famous. So with that, uh, we have to mention that he also, because he was quite the experiment doctor, he actually did approving of of Lachesis or Lachesis, the bush master snake, which he's very, very famous for. He did the proving on Gelsemium, Iodum, and Apis for extremely important remedies today. He also had, uh, he had heart problems and herring used nitroglycerin for 30 years before it was ever used in conventional medicine. So he was years beyond ahead of his time. But sadly enough, like James Compton Burnett, he died suddenly of a heart attack while returning from a house call to a patient. I know, makes me sad. You know, it just makes you realize that these doctors had such big hearts and they were so busy caring for other people that you know, their hearts just kind of gave out. <laughs> makes me sad. Herring's motto was, the force of gentleness is great. Okay, I'm sorry, my furnace just kicked on here. Okay, he also wrote a work called The Domestic Physician. And I have to say that this reminds me a lot of John H. Clark's book called The Prescriber, where he names diseases and then the remedies for them. And I, I, it's, it's another little book I really like. I do not have The Domestic Physician, but I do have John H. Clark's The Prescriber. He is also famous for his work known as The Guiding Symptoms. And oddly enough, okay, so I know him best for his law of cure, but this, The Guiding Symptoms are what all homeopaths, that's a basic foundation for all the other homeopaths and how they built their Materia Medicas following Constantine Herring. He is still a very important work today in the world of homeopathy. This work is 10 volumes long. You can actually 
uh, get it online. You can get it digital. I was going to purchase it the other day, but then I thought, oh, Sue, you can't stand technology. <laughs> Why don't you just wait until you can find the hard the hard copy? <laughs> so that's what I was going to do because I don't have it. I Like I said, I, you can look it up online. And it's, it's, it's a grand work. It's, it's actually a, a very amazing. Our, our materia medicas and our repertories and things today are so condensed that, you know, it wouldn't take 10 volumes to say what, what he has done here. And he actually only wrote two, the first two and a half of these books. Um, and then just before he died, he actually handed all his manuscripts and everything to his students. And these students were um, doctors C.G. Raw, C.B. Nair, and C. More. They completed the remaining volumes for Constantine Herring. Herring knew he would not live to finish this huge assignment, so he trained his successors and explained to them how he was doing it and what he hoped to accomplish. And so then when he passed away, they completed his labor of over 50 years. It took them, I think, 10 years to finish the volumes. And Herring had said to them, he said, perhaps from my place in heaven, I may peep through a little hole and see that my work is well done. I think that's such a cute statement. For Herring, a symptom did not acquire the status of the guiding symptom unless, apart from its appearance, in a prover or provers, it was verified at the bedside a number of times. So in other words, if when he did a proving and there were symptoms that came up, and even though they were strong, he never considered it a guiding symptom until he had seen it in a person who was actually ill. So that was, you know, that's a huge statement because today, you know, is we're doing homeopaths are doing provings all the time. And Today, they do it slightly different than they used to do it in the sense that they don't wait until it's they're, they're able to use this particular remedy on an ill person. And so, you know, I, I mean, I'm thankful for the new remedies. I really, really am because provings are amazing. And I've actually used some relatively new provings, some relatively new remedies on for clients that it was smack hands down. The dreams are even identical. It's it's just amazing the way approving is such a true picture of a homeopathic remedy. But Constantine Herring, when he was doing his provings, he wanted to see it work in an ill person before he actually considered it a guiding symptom. So that's huge. I think that, you know, that's so reputable and that's, that's true science. And I love it. I love it because I know someday all the remedies that we've been proving now, you know, we compile all of these, these ill cases and, you know, like, even when I do a case today, and I'm, I'm sure all homeopaths do this as well, but they, they type up the transcript, or at least most of the transcript, and then they follow with very detailed records that patient's progress. And so we can see how these remedies are working. Okay, um, he also laid down the criteria for the value of symptoms on that very basis. Like his guiding symptoms, he set the evaluation of symptoms at four grades, just as Boyenhausen had done in his repertory. Herring admits that this idea was borrowed from Boyenhausen, but he was the first to apply it in, to the Materia Medica. So even today, most Materia Medicas will have that grading system, one, two, three, or four, and he, his, well, I'll go on and I'll explain here, but his the emphasis shifted to confirmed symptoms. Consequently, the proportion of confirmed symptoms to others is much greater. Because of this work, smaller works on Materia Medica based on characteristics were born. So he had, like I said, if it had been in the proving or if it, he had seen it, he, that's how he based the confirmatory symptoms. 
and that's how he decided what grade they would get. Now today, I know when you know we have less importance, I consider it less important. Um, in, in classical homeopathy, we still look at the grades because if it's a number four, you know, you're gonna look at that, that remedy very strong. But at the same time, we have other ways now that we can look at a remedy. You know, we, look at, we tend to look at the miasm or the kingdom and, and we tend to look at all of those different things when we're picking a remedy. But it's still nice to see the grade of the remedy and how strong it is in the types of symptoms that we're looking at. As a matter of fact, doctor, I have Dr. H.C. Allen his book here called Keynotes and Characteristics of the Materia Medica with Nozodes. And I refer to this book a lot. I really like it, actually. It's um, the fourth reprint was in 1975. I don't know what year he actually um, wrote this book, but they say that he, this book is taken directly, I mean, even direct quotes from Herring's Guiding Symptoms. And according to Dr. Where did I put his name? Hmm. And according to an article I had written from Dr. Jugal Kishore from New Delhi, he says that Dr. Allen's keynotes are taken directly from Constantine Herring's guiding symptoms. And he says even they're even direct quotes. So I find that really, really interesting because obviously it was an important work and Alan just condensed it and threw it into his own book here. And, I, you know, that's what I say. <laughs> when you start reading homeopathic books, you're going to read the same thing over and over again. You're going to see the same case study written over and over again because so, they're so good that we want to hand them down. And I will say that, you know, it's everything is based on the original works and then we just build upon it. And it's so fun and it's so amazing to see this happen. Constantine Herring was also the chief editor of North American Homeopathic Journal and the Homeopathic News and American Journal of Homeopathic Materia Medica. He was quite an amazing man. I mean, even if you uh, you can do a search on him and even his his children and his relatives were industrious, intellectual, amazing persons. Anyway... I just wanted to talk about Constantine Herring because I think it's so important that we all understand the direction of cure, Herring's law of cure, because if we can understand that when we get homeopathic, take a homeopathic remedy or we're given a homeopathic remedy from our homeopath, every now and then something will come back that we have, we forgot about. Oh my goodness, I remember that, especially if you're doing cleanup work or um, cease therapy or whatever. It's really interesting to understand how the body, if it's given what it needs, it is an amazing, amazing machine. It really wants to heal. And if we can just stop doing, you know, what we like a lot of times, you know, a lot of times we're the victims of our own, our own ills in the sense that we do things to our body. We don't take good enough care of it. And so it can get run down or we can get ill or we can be exposed to something that we shouldn't have been exposed to, or we can have been taking something that we shouldn't have been taking and it can make our our wonderful bodies ill they don't want to be ill they want to be healthy so that they can carry us happily through life right so homeopathy can you know help us to regain that that health if we're not too far gone if we haven't got you know if the pathology hasn't gone too far backwards a good homeopath can really help you get a handle on regaining your health so Anyway, with that, I thought it was, it was definitely worth discussing the law of cure. 
the process of cure from within outward, from most recent to the oldest, from above to below, and from the most important organ to the least important organ. So with that, guys, you know, have fun doing some research and now you know more about Constantine Herring, the father of American homeopathy. All right. May God bless you and yours. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com. Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.